0: When I was a little girl I believed in fairy tales I wished my toys would come to life And that my stories could be real Then through all the noise and confusion I believed it was all an illusion The world had faded black and white Nothing seemed to be right But now That my dreams never die As long as I keep the magic inside Magic.
1: Previously, in episode five, the dark elves returned to their underground kingdom, delighted with their new bangle. While the Mac creatures were out searching for the elves, they stumbled onto a very distressed and bruised Eki Sloperdowns. Fortunately, on her travels, Ikki managed to find the secret entrance to the elves' kingdom. Jo found the nerve to travel back to Australia, only to be caught up in a time glitch, sending her far into the future. An aged Aunt Pepper had to find a solution to reverse this new dilemma. Mary had watched Jo disappear and thought how clever the Australian girl was. She didn't imagine that anything could go wrong, so she immediately started preparing breakfast. It was decided that a meal of kippers would be well appreciated by everybody when they arrived back to the town. Mary was a great cook and had the preparations down to a fine art. It was still quite early in the morning and she thought everybody surely would be home soon. Under the ground, Seamus was still hanging on to one of the dark elves. He was so mad, his eyes were nearly poking out of his head. Let me go, you skinny, bug-like creature. Don't call me names. Tell me where our stuff is. The elf poked out his tongue and refused to show them where all the stolen goods were. This infuriated the large MacGolper, and he decided that they would burn down the underground village and destroy the elves. Ikib was horrified that the Scottish creatures were prepared to kill all of the elves. All they should do was find the stolen goods, give them a stern warning, and go home. The Scottish creatures were true to their nature. They were ready to spill blood. They were all yelling and shaking, their faces red and dripping with sweat, and holding their sticks up in the air, screeching a battle cry.
2: What should I do? This is a terrible mess and it all happened because I ran after the elves. Looks like I have started a war. Oh, dear me. What if I travelled everybody back to the village? It would stop a war. Everybody would be so confused as to how they got home. They might forget about a war. I managed to travel Joe and myself across the world. Surely a band of Scots would be a piece of cake.
1: One could only hope that they didn't all end up in another country. She separated herself from them, found a quiet spot and started to chant. Remembering that the Mac Gulpers and Mac Slurpers don't travel, she knew it would cause the right type of panic to defuse the war situation. Once they were travelling, there was nothing they could do. It wasn't long before the Scottish creatures started to feel weird. They stopped and stared at each other in fright, thinking it was some kind of dark magic. Blue, purple colours surrounded the group. Yellow and white light lifted them gently, spinning them around, pulling them upward and out of the dark elves' world. The elves jumped up happily, laughing at the sight of their enemy disappearing. "'Hooray! They're gone!' We still have all our loot, and they have left with nothing. As they were lifted out of the tunnel, the large MacGolper could be heard yelling that they would be back. The only trouble was, Seamus would not let go of the dark elf he had caught. So the elf travelled out of the underground village, swirling around, lifting upwards towards the Scottish village. It was squealing and wriggling, trying to escape, but being pulled towards his enemy's home. The colour drained from his face. He knew he was in big trouble. An elf by themselves would be weak and at the mercy of the mac creatures. The cold wind howled, sounding like a pack of wolves, as the creatures eventually landed with a bang and a thud, rolling onto the soft grass.
2: What on earth did ye do to us? At first I thought it was black magic, but it was ye. Ye have brought us back to our village too soon. Just in the nick of time, I would say. To fight and kill is wrong. They only stole from you. They didn't hurt anyone.
1: Iki was a peace-loving slurper Downs. She only wanted the bangle, not bloodshed. She was miserable, as she felt that the bangle was lost forever and she had failed. Iki shuffled slowly back to the small house... To face the music with Joe, when she walked into the kitchen, Mary was preparing the food for everybody.
2: Hi, Mary. Where is Joe? We've all back. travelled back. What traveled back. What travelled with ye, The whole Mac party that left to find me. You mean that you travelled everybody home? So where is Joe? Is she nowhere you Joe is with you, isn't she? Nah, lass. She went travelled to ye. You. Do ye you hear we ye? No, Mary, she isn't with me. I think we have a problem.
1: The village people were outside and not in the best of moods. Everybody yelled out and held their sticks high in the air. Seamus still had hold of the elf, his hand frozen around his neck. Let me go, you horrible creature. It's not right. I
2: haven't done anything to you.
1: You hay in more ways than yin. You hold your wish. Meaning... You have in many ways than one. Shut up.
2: What do you think I am?
1: You haven't the right to tell me to shut up, so let me go. The creatures were confused as to what to do next. The war was over before it had even begun, and hunger took priority. Rumbling creature tummies made unusual gurgling music, and everybody looked famished. Seamus decided the elf should be locked up until they decided what to do with him. He could be good bargaining power to get back all their stuff. Everybody went to get something to eat. After all, the Scottish Tummies needed good hearty food to keep their engines going. It had been a frustrating and tiring night full of disappointments with the reminder of the failure to retrieve the bangle and the village's stolen goods. The elf was tied to a chair in the meeting house and everybody went to Seamus' home for breakfast. When they reached the kitchen, they found Eki in a terrible state. Mary explained to everyone what they thought had happened. Jo had lots of trouble travelling alone, and unfortunately she's disappeared. I hope she hasn't travelled to Scottish Highlands, or out of Scotland. Iki sat stunned. The only thing that snapped her out of her misery was a large spider dropping down from its web, flying through the air and scurrying along the floor, then running up the leg of a kitchen table.
2: Look at that spider. She seems to be able to travel so fast. One minute she's flying, the next she's running. It dawned
1: on Iki.
2: Maybe Joe flew through the air
1: so fast that she managed to travel back home. That would make good slurped down sense. She urgently wanted to see Aunt Pepper, and travelling was a very sensitive thing to do.
2: Maybe Jo's mind tricked the travelling spell into going home instead of travelling to me. It may have remembered the first spell of wanting to go to the village in the Australian bush. Yes, that would have to be the explanation. It would definitely be okay, so I'm not going to worry. As far
1: as Iki knew, Jo was at home tucked in bed resting and Aunt Pepper would be trying to work out how to travel Iki home very soon. She was relieved that it had finally come to her. She was, after all, a very clever little slurper-downs. All it took was a few minutes to think it out. Then she woke up to another fact. While everybody was working out how to get her back to Australia, she could now relax and have fun all by herself. There was no annoying, smelly girl to have to answer to. She would now have plenty of time to get to know her new friend, Seamus. Of course, Iki was right. The mind is a very powerful thing and Jo had managed to travel back home because she was desperate to see her Aunt Pepper and to get some help to save Ikki the subconscious mind took over. It's a pity it had landed her in the wrong time.
2: Maybe sometimes things happen and we can only think it's because there's a good reason. I just need to relax and let the play of life divulge the true meaning. The Scottish creatures
1: didn't travel. It wasn't in their nature. Australian travelling and chanting was all fiddlesticks and nonsense to them and a sissy way of moving. The Australian creatures were more advanced and could of course travel anywhere they wanted. The Scottish creatures prided themselves with being fierce marchers. They were used to scaring the enemy with war cries and all that angry type of stuff. But then the creatures had a change of heart about travelling and turned to Iki and asked, Can you teach us how to travel? Then we can all try to find your lass. Iki looked at him. Didn't anybody listen to what she had just said? Nobody could find Jo because she would now be in Australia. She was getting crankier and crankier by the it downs minute. Why had they asked to learn about travel, considering they all thought it was nonsense? Could a higher power have made them change their minds?
2: Gosh, I'm thinking like Peppy now. All the stress has obviously got to me. Hmm, yes, it might be fun and a challenge to teach the Scottish creatures how to travel... I guess they would all look up to me, as if I am a grown-up. I can actually do something these stupid Scottish grown-ups can't do. What would happen if I travelled them all to Timpac too? Who cares? It would be a hoot! They would all have to start a new village somewhere else. At least they would all be together. I will help them, but it will be their fault if things go wrong. After all, they asked me to teach them. It's their responsibility, not mine. All Iki
1: really wanted was to see her friend Joe sitting at the table having a Scottish breakfast. She was going to keep that to herself, didn't want them to think their new teacher was soft. She had to show strength and intelligence. Meanwhile, the captured elf was determined to get free and cause some trouble. His feet were dangling a foot from the floor, but he was undaunted by his predicament. The dark elves had amazing powers and he sniggered, as he knew that all he needed to do was use some dark magic. He could leave and cause lots of trouble, but he had to get his hands free. That, of course, was easier said than done. The creatures weren't stupid and knew he needed his hands to start his magic. They were tied up very tight, with double knots and strong rope. The elf thought about it for a minute. The room was dark, just the way he liked it and he was ready to strike the moment anybody walked into the room. The first creature to walk into the room was going to get it. he just had to work out a plan of action. A sneaky little elf indeed. The elf was determined to steal something before he escaped, just to annoy the creatures even more. If he stole Seamus's mother and took her home, that would cause uproar. Seamus had grabbed him by the throat and caused him much pain and suffering. It was only right that he received what he deserved. Staring at the floor, he noticed lots of mice running in and out of the room. Yes, this would be the way out. If he could get the mice to eat the rope, he would be free. As he was about to call on the mice, he heard a familiar sound coming from outside the door. Is that you, Lachlan? It's me, Dommel. Where are you? Of course it's me, you idiot. Come and get me out of here. The little elf managed to open the huge door with his magic. He laughed at the sight of his friend tied to a chair. Not so brave and smart now, are we? Just get me loose. I have a plan to get back at the creatures. What plan? Don't you think we should just magic out of here? No, I want to teach them a lesson. I think we should capture the mother of the creature that grabbed me. I don't know where you get these crazy ideas from, but don't even think about it. "'Let's go!' Angry that his idea had been laughed at, he clenched his fists and was off. The other elf sighed. "'What could be done with his friend?' He never seemed to be out of trouble. All of a sudden, the elf could hear angry voices growing louder and closer. The creatures must be returning to deal with his friend. He sprinted out of the room. No time to work his magic. The best thing was to hide and listen to what they were planning.' If he could learn when they were going to attack the underground elf village, they could all be ready for the fight. The creatures had been persuaded not to fight. There would be no more attacking or searching for the underground village. They had more important things on their minds, like finding Joe. The focus was now on learning to travel like their Australian cousins. The elf had run into the broom cupboard to hide and could watch through the crack in the door. He was waiting to spy on the creatures as they walked into the room.
0: I don't like
1: them any more than you do. Unfortunately, we better just let the blighter go and tend to new matters at hand. Opening the door, they were startled to see the elf had disappeared. Oh, great! We forgot about the elf magic. Well, that's one problem sorted out. Now we can learn the ins and outs of traveling. Our village will be safe as long as we keep our own open. With that, the elf used his magic and disappeared without being seen. He knew that the creatures had decided to focus on something else. It was time to find out what his mischievous friend was cooking up. Lachlan arrived back underground into his elf world, annoyed with his friend. He decided to meet with the King of the Dark Elves. Maybe then he could seek his revenge. He felt sure that all the elves in the Underground Kingdom would be on his side. Walking up to the Tower of the King, he wondered what to say. Running behind him was his friend, freshly arrived from the world above. Dommel was worried that his friend would drop them in. There were certain procedures that every elf had to follow. They had broken many of their world's rules. Number one, never manage to be seen. Number two, never lead your enemy into the opening to their world. Number three, never get caught by the enemy. He noticed where his friend was heading and screamed with fright. Lachlan, stop! Think about what you're about to do. You could get us into terrible trouble. Lachlan stopped and dropped to the ground. He hadn't thought about it and now fear rolled in. What if the king knew how stupid and careless he had been? The punishment could be dark and evil. Shaking in his boots, he looked at his friend, and tears began to fall down his cheeks. Guess I've gone off without thinking. It's just not fair. Those creatures got the better of me. Don't worry. We still have all their stuff, and I suppose they will never be able to find the entrance again. That's unless you're stupid enough to lead them back here again. Dommel was right. The entrance to the underground world changed position every four hours and its magic shifted the wooden door from place to place. It was the best security device the Dark Elves had. In the Upper World, the creatures gathered around Ikki, thrilled to be learning a new skill. To master the Australian way of travelling would bring more freedom to them, and they could even disappear when their wives wanted them to do work. Just as well Ikki didn't know they were feeling that way, otherwise she would have changed her mind right on the spot. The thought of traveling wherever they wanted tickled their fancy. Right,
2: the first thing you need to remember is patience. A quiet mind that is full of relaxation and an understanding of spiritual awareness. Everything is possible. We as creatures put restrictions on ourselves, halting spiritual growth and possibilities that we can achieve. You can be whatever type of person you choose to be. Your habits, your behavior, your responses are all your choice. The gulpers and Macslurpers looked puzzled. What kind
1: of mumbo-jumbo was she talking about? For a Scottish creature to be calm and silent, it would take a miracle. The thought of meditation and clear thinking was unheard of. This looked like it wasn't going to work out the way they wanted it to. They just wanted to travel, not become Buddhist monks. Do you mean we are to be quiet? Then I think that's possible.
2: Well, if you're not prepared to try, I won't bother to teach you.
1: Don't it be crabbit. You can that we all want to learn. Iki took a deep breath. She had just told all of her students to be patient, and she had lost it before any of them. She settled herself down and instructed her students to sit on the floor, cross their legs, and close their eyes.
2: There are many traveling chants you will all have to master. Each one of you will have to be quiet, listen, and then follow everything I say. If you don't, goodness knows what'll happen to you. Do you all understand? (laughs) Windows of light, spirits of all, open the doorway to travel us all. The power within and colors of life. Gently grant us the gift of flight. Transportation is what we desire today. Help us on our merry way.
1: None of the creatures had settled into a meditative state. They were all peeking through their half-closed eyes. Iki was getting more frustrated by the minute and started jumping up and down, cursing at the creatures. She was being the noisy one. They all sat and peeked in silence. Then all of a sudden... One, two, five, nine, disappeared. Iki started to panic. What on earth happened? Had they really travelled? She hadn't told them the next stage. In their heads, they had to request a destination. The day was getting worse every minute and she was wondering if it was all worth the trouble. Bang! Crash! Outside, the racket was deafening. Iki ran out of the building to find a sight that shocked her. She looked around and felt the laughter coming on. Wow! (laughs) The creatures had managed to transport themselves outside into trees, the bottom of a well, on top of the tree houses. One was even stuck on top of the town's flagpole with his kilt flapping in the wind. You're supposed to clear your mind. Thank goodness you landed in the town. It was going to take a long time to train them into travelling.
2: Maybe if I teach them yoga, it'll loosen up the Scottish joints. And if we have gentle music instead of bagpipes and plenty of luck, it might transform them into gentle, quiet, spiritual beings. You have
1: just been listening to The Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories, or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan peascom That's s-u-s-a-n-p-e-a-s-e.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of The Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy, and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulper Waters fact.
0: This has been a Corky School production. 2022 all rights reserved. we'll see all of you soon